Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland as we get closer, not just to training camp, but also the start of the NFL season. I think we're on like team 16 now, or a team focus, where we actually go in and talk about each team in detail. Delighted to welcome Brandon London uh, onto the podcast. Brandon, it's it's always good to see you, to, to hear from you. Uh, how, how are you doing as we get even closer to another fun-filled season, man? Shoot, man, I'm getting antsy. Man, it's that time of the year where it's like, it's just baseball season over here in the, in the States. And, uh, you know, I, I work with SNY and the New York Post. So I'm covering all the local sports teams, professional teams. And it's I'm tired of talking about the Mets. I'm tired of talking about the Yankees. I want to get into some Giants football, man. So training camp uh, is coming up. Well, at the time we're recording this, it's coming up. But uh, it's it's the expectations are high around the tri-states for this New York Giants football team. And I'm anxious to see the product they put on the field this season. It's Even from a non-fan viewpoint, I think for the neutral, it's going to be really intriguing to see how they take that next step. I guess talking about that next step, they had to get that step first off. Hey, genuinely, and this is not meant in a negative way, how, how surprised were you last year at just how much Brian Dable could do in such a short period of time, and they really turned things around so quickly as well, didn't they? Dude, I was very surprised. I'm not going to lie on that. I didn't expect much going into last season. In fact, I think I saw a tweet that I put out off-season of last season, like somewhat around uh, the July time of last year, and I was telling fans to kind of manage their expectations. Uh, they didn't have much groceries to cook with, you know, and, you know, Brian Dable just came in and he just surpassed everyone's expectations. Uh, he and that entire coaching staff, you know, he's not going to be one of those guys who takes all the credit himself. But kudos to him. Kudos to Mike Kafka. Wink Martindale brought a different type of energy into that building. Just the whole coaching staff in general. Like, you just see it from day one, man. And, it, and that energy lasted throughout the entire year. You know, being... You know, I was in-house with the Giants since 2016 doing all the in-house media. Now I'm only allowed to do, like, the emceeing and some of the fan uh, event stuff because of my job with uh, the New York Post. But just going in the building and still talking to a lot of the friends that I have in the building, players, people within the sales team, community relations team, PR team, they, everyone just kept saying, you just kept hearing it. It was just like, man, it feels good to be in contention in October. Man, it feels good to be able to laugh in the cafeteria and, and and not feel like someone's looking at you like, what are you laughing at? We're three and eight or something like that, you know? So it was just a breath of fresh air. But at the same time, the hunters have now become the hunted. This is a team that the expectations are, I think, the highest they've been on Giants football for quite some time. And the only way to go, well, there's room to go up for sure. There's a lot of room to go down. There's a lot of room to take step backs, uh, take steps back. But I don't believe that Brian Dable uh, is going to allow this team to do that. They seem focused, and right now it's just one of those things. They stay healthy. Who knows uh, the, what the limit could be for this team. Just before we go into this season very, very quickly, I think it's it's important to mention because we had, uh, it's either coming up or it's just been on the network, a, a Green Bay team focus and, we talked to one of the beat writers around just just what he fought in London, and, and he said he'd never heard anything like it in terms of atmosphere. Obviously, it was a great day for your Giants. Uh, that was one hell of a weekend and one hell of a day in Tottenham, wasn't it? 
Oh man, I can only give you guys a PG thirteen version of uh, how much fun I had. But <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I've I've always been big on the NFL over there, you uh, the NFL in UK. Uh, my rookie year, I went over there with the Giants for that first international game. Then I came back in 2016 at Twickenham Stadium. And then to come back again and do it this year, man, we had so much fun. The Horace and Guardsmen was a great time that because they were the ones that hosted uh, a lot of the Giants events. I was emceeing those events. And there are times where, like you guys' story, I, like the Giants would be finished. Like, remember we shot the Eli Manning show. And the staff and everyone would be tired and like, oh, I'm going back to the hotel. Me? Oh, I'm I'm staying. I'm hanging out. I was just hanging out. This thing, we were just having a blast, having a great time. And then you get to the then you get to the actual game and the atmosphere and the environment, what it was like outside of Tottenham. And I, I remember taking the Uber and the Uber dropped me off super far. And I was just like, look at all these people. And it put a smile on my face because the the, the football just continues to grow and it becomes to go on a global scale. So as long as I'm still affiliated with the Giants, they if they play in, in Antarctica, I'm going to be right there with them, MCing with a penguin somewhere or something. But, I mean, kudos to the NFL UK fans, the NFL Europe fans. And honestly, man, I want to get over there and do TV. I want to get over there and do uh, NFL stuff, broadcasting and stuff over there because it's just a, it's an untapped market. And uh, I want to get over there and really heighten the stories and the people over there because I, we had such a great time. Absolutely, yeah. it's, it's it's mad. Like a, a couple of weeks ago, they put the Dolphins and the Chiefs on sale for Frankfurt, and they got one, over one point six million people even trying to buy tickets. But last year, I, I enjoyed the atmosphere more than the Super Bowl. It it said a lot. Um, it's funny because you, you talk about going into last year, and there were so many questions about Daniel Jones, and people were saying, like you know, analysts are saying he, he would need to have almost an MVP type season to really cement his his future in in New York. Well, he got what he wanted, like one hundred and sixty million over four years could go to 190 million were, were were you surprised when that deal was done or do you think maybe consistency in giving him that opportunity in line with a lot of quarterbacks are getting similar money anyway at this point in the league just just, just sort of your thoughts on that move for, for the Giants that just as they go forward Brandon. Uh, you know, I think they did a great job locking up the quarterback that they felt that Brian Dable could kind of groom and have success with you know, the quarterback and the head coach, they're married together in terms of their success and, and the success of an organization. So when you look at a Brian Dable and you see the things he did with Josh Allen up there in Buffalo and how Josh Allen's first couple of years, he was kind of wishy-washy, man, a little inconsistent. But then they traded for a Stephon Diggs, got him a number one receiver and, and kind of opened up that offense for Josh Allen. You look at some of the attribute attributes that Josh Allen has, and you can—they're comparable to a Daniel Jones. They're both big as all day. I'm six four, six five. Daniel Jones is taller than me. It's a big dude. You know the big guys that are mobile—they're not scrambling quarterbacks. They're mobile enough, uh, and and they both had to kind of prove it to get the deal that they wanted. I think now it's—it's. It's, I think now that after, if you compare the guys after the deal between a Josh Allen and a Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones has a tremendous amount of way more pressure on him now to succeed than a Josh Allen. I, I understand with Buffalo and, and how that is a football town, but this here is New York City, not New York State. If they give you money, if they pay you here, they want Manning production. They want Manning moments. And I think Daniel Jones with that type of money is going to have to at least play, bring that team to a Super Bowl and play well 
in that Super Bowl for all that to be justified, for that to be even. But at the same time, man, they brought in Darren Waller. They got a, a, a number one tight end. I know people are like, oh, he's not a number one receiver. But if you keep that guy healthy, man, he's caught over 100 balls twice in his career. We know what he, he is. We know what he can be. And we, we know what he can do for this offense. You bring in guys like Paris Campbell, another speed guy. You, you, you draft Jalen Hyatt. They're showing that they're putting pieces around Daniel Jones. And uh, I have a stat here for you. Last year, in the Giants' 2022 wins, the leading receiver, week one, Sterling Shepard, 71 yards. Week two, 51 yards, Richie James. Week four win, 23 yards, Daniel Bellinger. That's the tight end. Week five, 79 yards, Darius Slayton. Week six, 38 yards, Daniel Bellinger. Week seven, 58 yards, Darius Slayton. Week 10, 95 yards, Darius Slayton. Week 15 and 17, 42 yards and 76 yards, Richie James. Not one Giants receiver had over 100 yards receiving in a win. This is the year that Mike Kafka, Daniel Jones, and this Giants pass offense is going to command respect. This is their year for them to no longer to get looked at as guys that you can just play man-to-man, single high safety, load eight in the box, and try and stop Saquon and, and or that run game. This is that year where they have to take that step now, not only to justify what Daniel Jones got paid, but to also to continue to make the proper steps to get towards NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. But that first starts with beating the Eagles, the, the Cowboys, and you only do that by throwing the ball. I think certainly just in the conference with the NFC, just in what you said there, it's 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 really interesting, just, just all those players and the stats that they had. And, if they can, obviously with Kafka take it to that next step this year, it's going to be awesome just as a neutral to watch that because having that third team in the NFC East challenge and challenge and challenge is going to make it even more exciting, certainly. And I know the game is not played on paper, run, but if you look at the schedule, like the schedule is, uh, it's interesting. Like, I mean, do you look at those first few games like Niners, Seahawks, Dolphins, Bills, Commanders and think, fool, like this is, or you know, or for me, is it like I, I, maybe I've got too much of a neutral head on, or are Giants fans, analysts going, bring it on, man, because the Niners have to go to Pittsburgh week one, and then they face you guys on a Thursday night, short week. Like, there, there's a real potential there to start off strong. I think every fan should look at the schedule neutral. Don't like you could be a 49ers fan and be like, oh well, we got an easy schedule. Or you could be a Falcons fan. Oh, we got look. It's everyone's zero zero right now. Everyone's looking, like, don't look at the past. Last year was last year. Last year's teams, last year's ups and downs was last year's ups and downs. So when you look at the schedule on paper, you can be like, oh, well, there's the 49ers. Oh, there's the Cowboys. Yeah, pretty strong teams, again, on paper. But how many teams last year did we see that we thought were going to be top dogs, fall and be nothing? Green, uh, the, the Denver Broncos. How many teams came out of nowhere? Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, New York Giants. I bet the Packers fans, they looked at the Giants on their schedule last year and be like, oh, that's an automatic win. Same thing with the Minnesota Vikings fans in the playoffs when they got mm -hmm. to the playoffs. Oh, we can beat this team again. So when I look at the schedule, yeah, I'm like, you know, you can't get caught up too much in it because you're looking at it from a last year's perspective. Everybody gets hit with some sort of injuries. Every team goes through some sort of adversity and every team gets hot and cold at different moments. It's all about catching and playing a team at the right time. Now, all the Giants got to do is worry about, and Brian Dable's going to do this. He preaches this method. 
one game at a time. Just take it one game at a time. Don't look at who's where, who's doing what. Line up against the Dallas Cowboys that opening night. Punch Dak, punch C.D. Lamb, punch these guys in the face because they did it last year on Monday night football when they came into MetLife Stadium. So it's time to return the favor and start off 1-0 and on the season. Man, that's a hell of a start. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, great. We've got like five, six minutes, and it's great because we're getting through so much. It's awesome, and I really, really appreciate it. We're, we're trying not to go too much in the time element, but do you know what? Why not? Let's just say it. I'll put this out either around the 17th of July or just before or after people listening wondering, is he got a time machine? Uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, just sort of wondering your thoughts. Like, let, let's be honest, we're, we're recording this at the start of July, which is why we get a little bit of a lull in the offseason. Do you think he'll be playing for the Giants, uh, or do you think he might sit it out, or you know, just hold out? Sorry, and I think it's, it's going to be a dream. What happens? Of course, he's going to play for the Giants. It's like, why would you sit that out? You know, like, what are you doing to yourself? You're you're already in a and and I'm Team Saquon on this mm. one. Like, I'm I'm hoping, I I know they're going to get a deal done. Like, like I I know they're going to get a deal done. There are there the plan is to have 26 in that backfield. Because you look at you can't have success next year. You're not beating the Dallas Cowboys first game of the season without 26 in that backfield. I don't care what nobody says. Mm-hmm. So get it done. You know they're going to get that done. That like, at the time we're recording this, it's not done right now. But I was in that or I was in the building uh, for the Giants media day stuff. They're doing the media day stuff. Everyone kept saying, I kept, you know, trying to ask questions here or there. Everyone kept saying family business is family business. That's what they say. But they're preparing like 26 is going to be on this team come opening game this season. Like You have to. So from the Saquon standpoint of it, I'd be bummed. I'd be a little upset if I was him uh, as well. You know, like erroneous reports, leaks and stuff getting out, stuff making him seem like he's greedy. All he's done is show up and work since the first day he got here. And I could say I've been around since he the first day he got here. So that's not fair to two six that these things got out. But at the same time, he's got he knows he's got unfinished business with this organization. They know they've got unfinished business when it comes to Saquon Barkley. So I I think I I guess I just gotta say think or, or you know, in, in media you gotta say allegedly and reportedly and all this. Man, the deal's gonna get done. They're gonna make you gotta take care of a guy like that. If not, how are other players gonna look at the front office if it's like, yo, you guys not locking up our our best player? You know, you guys couldn't throw incentives in. Or if I'm a guy it's like, man, I'll take a pay cut to make sure we got two six in this lineup. Because at the end of the day, I understand that sports, professional sports is a business, but you play for the guys within that locker room. You always do it. And when you've worked out with these guys, you've experienced the highs and lows. And with this organization, a lot of lows in the last couple of years, you want to get back to that winning feeling. You want to put the Giants back on the map as a threat in this league. So I feel as though Saquon Barkley and the Giants are going to come to terms sooner than later. And ultimately, um, happy with the draft. Uh, Night two, the guy from Minnesota, uh, John Michael Schmitz, got a big pop at our draft party. One or two o'clock in the morning, man. It was it was interesting to see that pop. Uh, decent business done in the draft, especially with Deontay Banks coming in there as well. Yeah, Deontay Banks, a long corner that can run. Uh, you've heard great reports out of him coming out of OTAs. He's fearless. And it's one of those things, like I read some report, like some, well, I don't know if it was clickbait or whatever, but they're like, oh, well, he got beat by Darius Slayer. You're going to get beat. You're a rookie. 
You think you're gonna come in and lock everybody up right away? Like it's it's good on it's good on good. Iron sharpens iron, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where OTAs, those guys, the Jalen Hyatt, the JMS, John Michael Schmidt, they came in and they showed why they were drafted. Now it's all about picking up the playbook, not in the sense of all right, it's uh, trips right. I'm the Z. I'm all the way to the right, and I got uh, whatever concept. Now, when you get into training camp and you get into those first couple games, Coach Coughlin used to always say, no and no, you know. So know, know why you have this curl route. Know why you got to take this curl route to tw- to 14 yards instead of 12 uh, on certain uh, protections or certain uh, play actions or something. So when you're getting picking up the intricacies of an offense or a defense or a playbook in general, then that's, you know, you're going to have growing pains. But if you're out still out there showing out your why they drafted you athletically and the smarts on how you're picking up things, you're going to be fine. I think they did a great job with the draft. A lot of these guys they brought in. Also, the the kid that forget his first name, running back, great out of Oklahoma. That's a guy you need to keep an eye on as well. That may push Matt Breida for that running back two spot. May push Gary Brightwell for that running back two, running back three. He's a guy that. He might command some carries this this season, so keep an eye on him this preseason. Very quick, double barrel final question. First off, has Rogers coming into the New York market? I know it's New Jersey, but has it changed things a little bit? Just in that sense, I can't wait to see the the newspapers. And then finally, just your expectations for the year, man. Like, what would be like the minimum standard for this team this year, as far as you could, as as far as you're concerned? Uh, when it comes to A. Raj, he definitely has that star power. Uh, we went out there with the, for the New York Post S and Y, and we went and we covered Jets OTA number eight. That was uh, his first OTA coming back from that that calf, and he went out there. You just saw the scrum. You know, you just hear different pe- people, different outlets. Like, man, there's never this many people here. There's not, oh man, there's a lot of people here. A lot of media covering practice OTA practice. So Aaron Rodgers brings that. He also brings the star power within the locker room. You heard guys like uh, Quincy, uh, oh, freak, what's his name, man? Oh, man. Uh, I'm just saying, it's, it's going in my head. Yeah, it's, um, you heard, uh, we we spoke, I know uh, Lakin Tomlinson was one of the guys we spoke to, and then uh, Carl Lawson was another guy we spoke to, and he was talking about, and the reporters were asking him, like, do you feel as though Aaron is putting a spotlight on you guys because he's talking Super Bowl? And they're all like, man, that's what we talk about. That's how we talk in the locker room. Like, what's the point of showing up if you're not talking Super Bowl? So now they got a guy that they can believe in that when he talks it, he prepares himself like he wants to win one, well, like he's already won one, that you can be, and he, he he carries a moxie. I took that word from Olsen Yermanura. He carries a moxie around like he's going to get them to that Super Bowl. And the New York media has caught that. It's uh, 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 it's 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 infectious. And we've we've been drawn to it. Now it's all about he's got to go out and he's got to produce on the Giants. And, and when it comes to expectations for this team, I'm trying to again. It's just like last year, man. I'm trying to manage my expectations, not to go baseball on you guys. But remember, the Mets had a really great season last year. Uh, Buck Showalter came in, changed the team around. Just 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 look at what the Mets did last year. Now look at it now. I'm about to do an interview now where people, I'm asking fans, like, should they fire Buck? Everyone's fired Buck was trending on Twitter now. A, a year later. So this is how crazy this market can be when it comes to sports and success when you're playing professional sports in New York. So I'm managing my, my expectations because I don't want to think too high 
or even think too low of this team. But again, I'm taking the day ball approach where it's one game at a time. Just win your matchup. One play, one rep, one game at a time. Be great. One, pl- one play at a time. Awesome. Well, Brandon, I re- really appreciate the man. For people listening, follow the man. Twitter, Instagram, at BrandonLondonTV. I'll hopefully get a reel up with that second thing. Brandon, enjoy the season. Thank you so much. Chat to you soon, man. No problem. Take it easy. Yeah.